Hello everyone, this is Brandy with I Teach International and today um, we have a really special treat for everyone. Um, we have Miss um, Vanessa Robinson and she's going, uh, she's she wears many hats, so I'm just going to let Vanessa tell us who you are. <laughs> um, I am Vanessa Kelly Robinson. I am the visionary and founder of BK Robinson Enterprises, where I specialize in mentoring teachers through the process of working, getting through the school year, administrators, and how to relate to unrelatable teachers. And I also consult and advise parents when it comes to dealing with special needs children. I teach ESL online, and I am also an author. My book will be released in June entitled Journey to Myself. And on top of all that, I'm a wife and a mom. <laughs> yes, I love it. All right, so um, we'll just get straight into it. So can you tell us uh, about your, um, well, you told us who you are, but tell us how long you've been in education and your role in, in education. And because, you know, when we connected with each other, I just was just taking it all in because you were just dropping all of these gems. And it's important for people to have like a mentor. And um, and I think that what you're doing, and you'll talk more about your company too, um, is just amazing, especially for me because I'm a teacher that's going into leadership. Okay. Um, well, I have been in education for about 17 years. I knew when I was in the second grade that I wanted to be a teacher. And so I did not do it the traditional way. Mm -hmm. As far as right out of high school, I went to school as an older adult, but I accomplished it. So my first degree is in English literature, secondary education, teaching. And um, once I got into the classroom, I said, well, hmm, I need to expand my horizons. So I need to do a little bit more. And so I decided that I would go ahead and go back for administration. And so now I um, I went back and I got my degree in school administration. And I was um, working as a school administrator for about five years. I really enjoy working as an administrator because it allowed me access to a lot of things that I didn't have privy to as a teacher. Um, but as an administrator, I work with the special, um, the, the, the EC exceptional children with testing, all the testing, I work with disciplines, got to know a lot of my children in, um, in the schools, not because they were bad children, but because they just had a, a rough experience. And I was the one that was able to kind of edge because I think with education, our children are the heart of our matter and not our our, our personal agenda mm. and therefore I left being an administrator and I went back to being a teacher and then I went back to being an instructional coach where I was supervising teachers and I decided that I needed to after so many life happenings that I needed to go ahead and launch out and do my own thing and relate to teachers in a way that they can be comfortable with without the confines of their school without the confines of their school district closing them in on the wall and that's what I do Awesome. And I think that what you're doing, what you did and what you're doing now, um, 
is just phenomenal because there are not, I, as a teacher who's worked in a brick and mortar um, here in Houston, Texas, I've had some good administrators and I've had some bad ones too. And, you know, when you and I have sat and talked and just listening to you, I'm like, well, where have you been all my life? <laughs> and why weren't you my, my administrator? Um, so my next question is, where, what are our roles as teachers and what roles do administrators, what roles should they be playing for us? Like, how can you guys help us? Because sometimes if, if you have that first year teacher that's never had any teaching experience, she needs she or he needs guidance and what they're supposed to do and sometimes there's no one there to kind of give them that chance and so they're just kind of lost in the mix of things so what what are what is our role supposed to be we know that we're teachers but what else are our our roles um well teachers wear many hats whether they want to wear them or not Mm -hmm. um and what people what we fail to realize sometimes as teachers is that we are that child's parent away from home. That's right. And I believe that parents send us the best and the brightest that they have. And sometimes that's not your ideal student. So as teachers, one of the first things in the classroom you should do as a teacher is get to know your students, communicate with your parents, and above all, build a good relationship, positive relationship with your administrator, administrative team. And if you have a team that you're working on, relationships rigor relevance are all very important relationships rigor and relevance are very important when it comes to teaching so you have to have relationship first you have to have rigor in the classroom not giving out a whole bunch of worksheets just so you can sit down and say you did something but really teaching the students and giving worksheets as a last alternative as a very last alternative because you're in the classroom teaching you're their best dictionary you're their encyclopedia you're their google you're their teacher that's what you are there for and then relevant make it relevant don't just teach out teach out of a book but make it your own lesson as long as it's aligned to your standards and make it relatable to the children so that they won't be looking lost they don't know about your grandma picking cotton so i need you to tell them a story for example Mm -hmm. when i taught the odyssey um, I will tell it in storytelling zone. I would never read it from the book because it was such a long piece. Um, I would storytell chunks of it and bring it so that it make it real time and so that the students could relate to it. For instance, when the when the guy was out there with the ladies, with the ladies in the sea that were trying to woo them, I liken it to men being either um, at Hooters and you seeing all the women trying, you trying to keep yourself together. Guys, like, oh yeah, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to make sure that your children can relate to what you're talking about, and if they don't understand understand the ba- the basics in the book, then you mm-hmm. you give it your own language. You give it your yes. own language as long as it's aligned. Just change the storyline just a little bit, and I'm pretty sure you'll have a hook, line, and sinker. So those are some of our roles as teachers: being in place, being on time, and being consistent consistency is ministry you've got to be consistent as a teacher you cannot wait until the end of the end of the nine weeks to throw in grades you've got to be consistent in grading you've got to be consistent in returning work you've got to be consistent in inputting grades you've got to be consistent in maintaining contact with the student and parents when students are not performing in your class so that it won't be at the end of the nine weeks or end of the semester the parents says well i didn't know they were failing you can document, hey, I called on this day, I sent a progress report on this day, I did this, I did that. And if you have that documented, then you are your administrative star teacher for the day. 
But if you don't have it documented and you're a law, uh-oh. Okay. But yeah, you will be your administrator's best friend. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but <laughs> documentation is everything. And um, being in place and doing what you're supposed to do are more important than you could ever. And roles, making sure you are there for those students at the end of the day, that you are there for the students, not for the paycheck. Because real, realistically, teachers don't make a whole lot of money. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> so being being available. And sometimes you may have to be the mama to pull somebody to the side and say, hey, let's have a conversation. Um, but it's all in how you handle the children. And it's funny that you said that we wear many hats because when I was overseas, it was like teaching and even here in America teaching, it was more than just, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Miss Miss Stevens or Miss Brandy or whatever. But I was everything, you know, to, like you said to those children. And I came out of my pocket spending things that I the same things that I would manipulatives that I bought for my daughter. I was buying for my classroom for my children so they could have a different learning experience too. So I totally agree with you. We wear more than just that one hat of I'm a teacher, I'm here for this check, you're gonna go home and I'm just gonna put these grades in and then train you for this test and that's it. It's more to it than that, just like you said. Um why do you think it's important for teachers to begin their teaching career here in America before they go up uh, international? Um, I think it's just like when we go into teaching, if you go into teaching a traditional way, mm -hmm. as far as going through for you for your university and getting your teaching certification and taking the test, you have to student teach. Yes. You have to student teach to get the experience, to at least get your pinky toe wet when it comes to going into the classroom. That's here in America. And if you have not had the experience of teaching over here in America, you definitely cannot go over to another country in a national and expect to teach and be effective because one, you don't have the experience. And it's not just another job when you're going to teach internationally because you're dealing, now you're dealing with the language barrier and the differences mm -hmm. in culture. And so when you begin teaching, I would not suggest anybody jump up and say, I'm going to be a teacher abroad. I'm going to teach abroad. Okay, go ahead. And then when they send you home because you can't relate to the children, it's going to be a problem for you. But you got to have the basic foundations of teaching. You've got to have basic foundations of teaching. You've got to have basic structure, of basic classroom structure, and understanding your own curriculums in your area. Because you never know when you get overseas, if you teach abroad or wherever you teach, they might need your help with pulling curriculum. So if you don't have knowledge in those areas, mm -hmm. then you're going to be stuck and you're going to feel like, well, why did I do this? Well, it's because you jumped out of the water before you were ready to actually experience it. And I'm not discouraging anyone from going to teach abroad. Exactly. I think it's a beautiful thing, but make sure you have the foundation first. Mm -hmm. And I will add this, just because you went to school for teaching does not mean you have a foundation. You need to have a little bit of experience first. Yes. So, so we can know what you're working with. And that's true. That, that is everything that you just said is spot on because when you are hired to teach internationally, even as an administrator, when they hire administrators, 
those schools are not hiring you so they can train you to be an administrator. You're telling them that you have 18, 19, 17, 20 plus years of experience as in education. They're already assuming that you're coming in and you're rocking and rolling. You're ready to go. And the same with teachers. They're not going to, they do not want to spend that time to hire you, send you, pay for you to come all the way, thousands of miles away from your family for you, for them to have to train you on how to do your job. They don't want to do that they don't want to do it so my um I definitely agree with you that there there should be a foundation because I've seen it with my own eyes Vanessa that there were teachers who don't even know how to do lesson plans they don't know how to do lesson plans um they don't know how to do um they don't know how to incorporate uh, differentiation in the classroom or incorporating technology because that's one of the biggest things now with a lot of the international schools they're looking how do you how are you able to incorporate that into your learning especially with um young learners because i teach kindergarten and pre-k so they want to make sure that these these children are learning things because the society is becoming so more more much more technologically advanced that they want the kids to be able to keep up with that and so how are we doing that you know how can you incorporate that and so i definitely agree with you that you have to you can't you can't um you can't crawl you have to crawl before you walk is what i'm trying to say and you can't just decide oh i'm gonna just run right into it go overseas and just because like you said you have that you went to school for education does not mean mean that you're qualified to teach a classroom full of children if you've never taught them before Right. I I think you were so dead on when you were talking about them not wanting to train you. They don't have time to train Mm -hmm. you. And technology in the classroom, one of the things that some teachers that I have seen and um, heard of is that technology becomes a babysitter in the classroom. Yes. And so as a teacher, you have to make sure that you are not just giving the students a link on a Google page, on Google Classroom, and say, here, here's your work for today. But you actually are building and scaffolding on something that they already know. Mm-hmm. Technology should never be a babysitter in the classroom just because you had a bad day. You mm-hmm. should not rely on technology to um, get through, get the students through class. I do apologize for interrupting. I'm sorry. No, that's absolutely true because I think that everyone needs to hear that because there are teachers in that they were doing I saw that last year Vanessa when I was at the school that I was at last year that they specifically did that they didn't want to deal with these children and so they put on movies or they you know they put they didn't want to deal with being having to uh, plan around a classroom full of 20 something plus kids and so it becomes overwhelming to them and so the easiest way to do it is let them do things you know listen to music or do whatever but I it was different for me you know everybody has their own way of doing things and I always reverted back to what if how did you how did you teach your daughter things and what did you do when she was this young you know and so always in the back of I did it in it aside from the training that I was given from you know with teacher training but I always reverted back to that was like make it simple like what did you do with your daughter and I used some of those things into my classroom 
because I think that it's important for those for those little people, especially when they're little like that, and they're they're ESL students too, by the way. Right. That and English is not their first language. Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. Can you tell us about your company? Um, in a nutshell, um, VK Robinson Enterprises is the umbrella for quite a few things. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, but my baby is. Um, I serve as the educator strategist. I am the educator strategist. And the reason I started doing this was because when I went into teaching, I had a phenomenal mentor teacher. That woman was bad to the bone. I mean, she walked me through some things. She came in my classroom. She sat down and listened to me teach. She modeled, te- taught for me. She critiqued my lesson plans. She told me what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong, what I could do better. And shortly after my, after I finished my beginning teaching years, they got rid of that position that she was holding. But mm. I want to be the type of mentor for other teachers that she was for me. Yes. Because she gave me relevant feedback and she was there for me. Even as an administrator, I would model teach in some of my teachers' classrooms. Hey, they would say, hey, Miss Rob, how do we do this? Well, this is how I would do it. And they would, I would go in front of the classroom and model teach with them. So as an educator strategist, I teacher in your classroom. I'm going to help you through all the steps in your classroom. I will help you fulfill a role that you didn't think you could do with only two hands. I'm your voice of reason. And I will talk you off the ledge whenever you're having a moment where you just want to slap somebody because it does happen. And you call me <laughs> and I talk you off the ledge and help you get focused because at the end of the day, you still have to teach. That's right, we do. We and do. that's the purpose of the educator strategist, whether it's understanding how to be a better classroom manager. Because classroom is the is the foundation of anything teaching all things taught is classroom management because if you can't manage the classroom you can't relate information to the classroom mm-hmm. so classroom management lesson planning understanding your curriculum understanding how to plan according to your curriculum um and really you know what to grade what not to grade because some things you don't have to teachers better realize especially new teachers you don't have to grade everything you mm-hmm. don't grade everything some things are for data purposes some things are for grading purposes you have i mean everything you you don't have to grade everything and that's something i learned along the way and i don't want any teacher to get bogged down and think they have to grade every assignment right that's not the point that that is not the point just so you can have some grades in the grade book um but i am there as a positive teacher support teachers contract with me or they consult with me as what as for what they need as opposed to what the district says they need and they they talk with me on their time and it's a one-to-one relationship that i build with teachers and help them to get through as a matter of fact we can start planning for upcoming semesters upcoming holidays and things like that but that's pretty much the gist of it and um i i do writing i do i am a writing coach and an editor in addition but my baby is the educator strategist because i am there for all things education that is really amazing and i know people are going to want to know and so we might as well ask um what are, are is your fees um um reasonable and do you work with teachers who do because there are teachers you know like you said we don't make much money mm-hmm. so how are you able to you work on payment plans or what do you do how do you um accept payments well i accept i accept payments 
once we once we get once we decide that we are going to work together then because the first consultation is about 15 to 30 minutes i don't charge for that consultation the first consultation okay. is free i'm not giving out a whole lot of information in the consultation i'm just finding out what you need Okay. Um, and once I find out what you need, and then we can further just develop your plan as to what can work for you, because there is no prescription for teaching. So I go by what you need from me, whether it's my time as far as helping you plan lesson plans and things like that. But once we do that, I do have it where we can set up payment plans, plans but you have to pay at the same time, if that makes sense to you. I'll okay. it'll automatically draft out of your account. Okay. Okay. Um, but we, we will agree on some things before we put it out there because with anything and I'm not slighting anybody, but with most adults and teenagers alike, you pay for what you want. That's right. Um, and I believe that our time is valuable and mm -hmm. when you value your time, you don't want someone to feel like their time is more important than yours. That's and, right. And so they're taking advantage of your time, which is why I have I had to make sure that teachers understand hey this is what we're doing this is the minimum this is the maximum and we have a certain amount of time that we will meet because i don't want you putting my name on the line and you have to know what you were supposed to do that's right so everybody she's willing to work with you but you you're un, you know you have to pay and, and i think everyone can agree on that that you know all of our time is valuable so um when you make your appointments with um with vanessa then you know, you all can work that out, but just know that you it's not a free service. She did say that the consultation, the first consultation is free of charge, yes. but after that, you do have to, um, it, it is a fee for that. So you would work that out with her. So awesome. Can you, um, finally, what advice can you give parents of special needs children who feel that they don't have a voice because we talked about this before and there are a lot of special needs children out there and especially like myself, my daughter, she's autistic. So um, what can you give, advice can you give to parents and to, to teachers too, who are having to teach um, special sped kids? Okay, well, let's talk about teachers first. The first thing as a teacher, you get to know that child, not because they're special needs, but because they're a child in your classroom. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever the information is made available to you, then you find out what what accommodations that child that child needs, what the modifications are, what you are expected to do in your classroom. Always mm -hmm. find out the expectations so you won't be caught off guard, especially when it comes to testing and assessments. You have to make sure that you know what you're supposed to do with those children. And if you, I don't care if testing comes up and you did not provide the modifications, that's you're still in trouble, whether you knew it or not. So if you have a child in your class that you have not received um, information on that there are special needs and you suspect that there are special needs, you go to the EC chair, the EC department of your classroom or whoever the person is of your school and find out if the child is, you know, is supposed to be a part of the exceptional child's program because some children are exceptional children, but they're on a consultation status in a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. yes. Now, um, so it just depends on how their IEP is written. And as far as parents, you've got to know who know your children. Just like you want a teacher to know your children, you know your children. And back to the teacher, don't sign every IEP that somebody asks you to sign. They say, just put a signature on it because that'll get you caught up and you'll be standing in front of the courthouse. 
Whoa. Um, don't sign just anything. And administrators will tell you most LEA, when they want you to be an LEA rep, I won't sign. If it's something I don't agree with, I'm not signing it because I don't. And don't. And some people just bring it and say, hey, I just need a teacher signature. No, you don't. Not mine. Go to somebody else. Wow. Because IEPs, individualized educational plans, are legal documents and you yes. can be held liable in court. So no Say that again so everybody can hear that. <laughs> you can be held liable in court. You can be sued. Not just your principal, not just your school, not just your school district. You can be sued um, for not following what you were supposed to follow. And for teachers, know what you're signing. Parents, don't just let them throw an IEP together and say, this is what I think they need or this is what they got three years ago. We're gonna No, make sure this is what your child needs. Don't be afraid to tell the school, no, my child needs more. And if the school won't test them, go ahead and get your child tested from a private private place. It's okay. Because that's your child. And you've got to know. You've got to know that you've done all you can to support your children. Be visible in the classroom. Be visible at the schools. Don't get on the teacher's nerves. Don't tell the teacher how to teach. Don't tell the principal how to run the school, but be visible. Mm-hmm. Volunteer. Show your face. Mm-hmm. Make sure they know that I am a concerned parent. The yes. problem that I have seen is special needs children, their parents don't know, and therefore they just accept anything that the school says. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the children get hemmed up, and the parent says, well, I just thought they knew what was best for my child. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Know your child. And if something works, have a conference with the teacher. Don't say, well, I told you, da 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 No, talk to them like an adult. They are a professional. You're a parent. You, you should know how to speak to another adult when it comes to your child. And don't correct them in front of your children. That's right. That's right. It's not what you do, but it's how you do it. And if you feel like you don't have a voice, it's because you've allowed them to silence you. So it's this time for you to speak up for your children. You're at the yes. end of the school year now. It's testing time. It's assessment time. What have you done? Have you caught us with their grades? Do you know what they're behind on? Do they need to go to school for the summer? Is that written into the, is extended school year written in their IEP? Do they need to be tested over the summer? When does the IEP run out? If your child is a senior in high school, is the IEP through the first year of college? These are things you think about because you can carry your IEPs and get your get your modifications and accommodations on a college classroom, on a college campus. But you got to yes. put forth the effort. This was so much information that you gave, and I wish that we could just keep talking and keep talking (laughs) (laughs) and giving all this information, but Vanessa cannot give everything away for free, and um, hopefully we're um, we're actually going to be doing a workshop in another week or so, and it will be paid. It's not a free workshop, unfortunately. The series of the free workshops are are done with now, and... um, Hopefully, Vanessa will be speaking on, she can speak more on to this, but unfortunately, if you want to get more information, you will have to pay, and we'll have um, more information about the workshops, and it's not just for, for teachers, it's for administrators and parents alone who are interested in um, choosing to have a career in education and or if you're wanting to move abroad to teach. So thank you so much for sharing that information. Thank it's you, Brandon. part about um, IEPs and don't signing anything because it is a legal document because 
um, there was a lady, just to give you a little a little quick story, there was a lady in the district that I worked for. She, she did something, exactly what you said, don't do. And the parent showed the document to her attorney. And um, she did not only did she just, the school covered themselves. The district covered themselves and they had the principal covered. But then they kind of, Eject, they kind of pushed to the side the teacher and mm-hmm. she was left standing on her own two feet by herself like now you look what you've done now you're on your own and so she so was that's basically any legal document that's IEPs, 504 plans behavioral contracts anything of those nature discipline records all those things are legal documents so because I've had to go to court for my share of students before and the judge, the first, the first thing they ask for is the child's discipline record. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So you've got to, and that 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 means everybody's got to keep it with their paperwork, and they've got to do what they're supposed to do. That's it. That's it. So we're gonna stop right there. We're not giving no more information away for free. If you want more information, you're gonna have to contact Vanessa directly. So tell everyone how they can contact you if they want to um, get more information on all of the gems that you just dropped today. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. Thank you so much, Brandy, for having me. Um, I, my website is bkrobinson.com and there is a link there where you can fill out an inquiry for us to have our conversation. I'm also on Facebook. I also I, I will also be giving out more information on my Facebook page vk robinson the educator strategist and if you're local or if you're in the states or even if you're international you just want to call me i can be reached at 910-541-3348 and for my english people that is 910-541-EDIT so if you ever forget it it's 910-541-EDIT so that is my web page that is my business phone number and that is my facebook business page and last but not least, my email is Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A dot, excuse me, I'm sorry, Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A at bkrobinson.com. Awesome. So now you have every way to contact Vanessa. And even if you're overseas and you feel like the trap, she helps teachers yes. all over the world. She this you don't have to be locally in the States. She yes. will help you if you are overseas. She will help you. So you have you have that support from her. Um, and if you're looking to start a career to teach abroad, you can also um, reach us. We're on every social platform too. We're on Facebook. We're on Pinterest. We're on Instagram. We're also on like LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you want to make an appointment with us to um, schedule your consul- free consultation to talk about opportunities moving abroad, um, you can reach us at www.iteach.international. Um, but before we go, um, I just want to, I always end each podcast with a motivational quote um, because it's to help inspire people who may feel like they're lost or they don't have any hope or direction of where they're going to go. So this one is by C.S. Lewis. 
hardships often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary um, destiny. And I think that this is relevant to what um, Vanessa has and plan for her company and her brand and what she's doing for teachers. So um, don't feel like you have come into this huge roadblock and that you don't have a way out. She's here to help. There are, if she can't help you, she can find someone else that can help you. There's absolutely help there. So, you know, and even if you hit that roadblock, there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. It, it can't rain forever. So um, go out, get the information that you need. If you're questioning things or you're uncertain about things, go ask questions. Be confident, like Vanessa said, in yourself. Don't um, cause a, a rise in people and, and be the belligerent one. Go in there confident in yourself and be the best that you can be. Vanessa, thank you so much for your time. And I wish you and your company all the best. I'm definitely going to be reaching out because she is, she is my big sister and she's my mentor. <laughs> thank so, you for the information. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate you. And we look forward to hearing nothing but nothing but success from your lovely, lovely company. So thank you and have an awesome day. Thank you, you too. Bye, everybody. Bye.